Oh, ho, ho, ho. A Friday is sweet. A Friday is sweet. It's always sweet, but there's only thing, there's only one thing, one thing in my life that can make a Friday night even sweeter. And that is an NC State Wolfpack football game. It is game day here in Eastern North Carolina for the Wolfpack Nation out there. This is a biased radio show. This is a Wolfpack friendly radio show. So allow me to get this out of the way and we will not discuss it for the rest of the day. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. But the NC State Wolfpack do play tonight. And let me tell everybody out there that I have a sickness because all week long, if you have been listening to this radio show, I have been talking about the dread that I have been feeling in my heart, in the deepest pits of my stomach, all week long. NC State, 4-2. Season's gone off the rails ever since Devin Leary broke his leg. Bailey Hockman is a disaster. Ben Finley was good for a drive and a half, then he was a disaster, and we had to go back to the first disaster in Bailey Hockman. Running game, all hype. No results so far this season. I don't have many bad things to say about the defense. The defense has actually been okay this year, and the offense has put them in solid positions. But all week long, I have been saying that the Miami Hurricanes, as a 10.5-point favorite, were going to storm into Carter-Finley Field tonight. They were going to storm into Carter-Finley Field tonight, and they were going to give the NC State Wolfpack the butt-kicking of a lifetime. That on national television, the NC State Wolfpack, who have a habit of this, we're going to get their rear ends tanned. The Miami Hurricanes were going to be hanging wolf pelts from the outside of the stadium when this game was over. But I mentioned that I have a sickness and I woke up this morning on game day. And baby, let me tell you what the wolf pack. Well, they're not going to win, but they're going to be right in this thing tonight. <laughs> that is the least amount of excitement that I can muster up for myself on this Friday evening uh, going into the NC State Wolfpack game tonight. Uh, I think it's a 7.30 kick. I cannot wait. I am beyond thrilled because this honestly started with me last week, and I've talked about it before. My favorite way to watch football is when going into the weekend, NC State, I don't really watch a lot of Duke football. Um Sorry, Duke fans. I just don't care, and I don't know why I'm apologizing because there's none of you out there. Yes, I'm going to leave the wolves howling probably for the remainder of this segment in the background. So uh, just enjoy the ambiance. Get it. Get you ready for tonight's game. I'm jacked up, as you can tell. I am so excited for tonight's game. I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh yeah, I like to have the Wolfpack, um, or excuse me, I like to have all our college teams spaced out so I can watch them all with due diligence. Last week it was great because um, NC State, Virginia, or excuse me, NC State, ECU with the Friday night game, Carolina and Wake Forest were all on at pretty much different times. I can only afford two teams to overlap because my game day setup. I like drag a TV from a different room into the main room, and so I got the double TV setup. 
So, like, tomorrow, ECU and Carolina Duke are going to be on at the same time. So, I can, you know, do the old double screen. Getting the weekend started. Normally, I'm not into this Friday night football games. We don't have high school this fall, so it's been awesome. Getting my weekend started with an NC State game that I am legitimately excited about. Um, This is, I'm on cloud nine today. This is something I haven't really experienced in a long time. NC State's going to have the spotlight. It's a Friday. No better way to kick off a Friday. I like to do my thing at home anyways. I like to just chill. Nothing good happens out about on Friday nights. I'm just kicking it at the house. Might throw something on the grill tonight. Got the game going. Going to be a great start to the weekend. But why do I feel so confident about NC State tonight? And not, again, not because I think the Wolfpack are going to win. No, it's not that at all. <laughs> not even not even close. But I feel confident about the Wolfpack to keep it close. I feel confident in the Wolfpack to keep it close tonight. So a couple things here. NC State's a 10.5 point favorite. If you follow these betting lines... Um, there is public money and there's sharp money. Those are two different things that are talked about in the betting community. And you can say what you want about betting, and uh, you know Vegas is how we refer to them, but just the sports-making industry. They might have missed it a little bit on this presidential election if you saw what those odds got to at one point. But when it comes to sports games, Vegas is usually like dead on. You want an example? The over-under was 49 last night. 49 last night in that Thursday night football game between the 49ers and the Packers, the over hit on the final touchdown by like a point, and then the extra point pushed it to two points over the over. It ended up being 51. That is not a rare occurrence. That happens all the time. So related to this game, just a reminder that the Wolves are still there. As it relates to this game tonight, there has not been a single better. And I'm, I like follow a lot of these professional betters and look at a lot of these sites because they, these guys have good intel and it's an unbiased way to look at games usually. There has not been a single better that I have seen not taking Miami and the points tonight. Everybody is saying Miami minus 10.5, easy bet, surefire bet, it's going to cover. When everybody says that, that means Vegas knows something that we do not know. So I'm putting my faith in Vegas tonight a little bit, and I'm thinking the Wolfpack are going to keep it close. But if you look at Miami this year, while they are very good, and they are up to number 11 in the country, and they have been beating most everybody that they've played, or they have beaten everybody that they've played except for Clemson, and they kept that game with Clemson within 16 points, even though it didn't ever really feel like it was that close, but outside of that, hang on, no, this isn't even the right. <laughs> My bad. I am completely looking at Derek King's numbers. Those are his pass, his completion and pass attempts. I've got the wrong tab open here. Let me pull up Miami's schedule real quick. Maybe I should completely, you know what? I might have to walk back my thoughts. I'm not walking back my thoughts. Let's see. Miami football schedule. There we go. It's going to give me the Dolphins, isn't it? Oh, no, they gave me the Miami Hurricanes. How about that? All right. Okay. No. Same, okay. I knew I looked at this. I'm not completely uneducated. Okay. They got trounced by Clemson, though. Uh, they ended up losing to Clemson by 25. And like I said, that game dead, never felt that close. But a couple weeks ago against Pittsburgh, two weeks ago, they only beat Pittsburgh by 12 points. NC State beat Pittsburgh, granted, with Devin Leary, but they still beat Pittsburgh. Um, just last week, they only beat Virginia by five. Virginia's not a very good football team. This was actually two weeks ago, they beat Virginia by five. So they're coming off a bye. That's never good. But they're traveling on the road, taking on an NC State team. And Miami has not been a world beater this year. Only beat Louisville earlier in the year by just 13 points. 
If you're going to tell me that even with Bailey Hockman, NC State is not at least as good as Louisville, Pittsburgh, or Virginia, uh, I'm going to roll my eyes at you because this NC State team has been, I think we can all agree, a bit more impressive than we thought they would be this year. But why am I why am I excited about this game tonight? Number one, as much as I've been I have been ripping Bailey Hockman, um, I was going to say this year, but honestly, endlessly into the never-ending abyss of time. The Bailey Hockman thing is, um, the hate for Bailey Hockman, I think for a lot of Wolfpack fans, is almost purely emotional. And the reason the hate for Bailey Hockman is so emotional is because the first thing NC State fans do is they think about last season. Last season, which was one of the most painful years for an NC State fan in the Dave Doran era, and Bailey Hockman was a part of a three-man rotating cast of quarterbacks between he, what the heck was that guy's name at the beginning of the year? Matt something? I can't even remember. He transferred away. Uh, gotcha. Cannot remember that fellow's name. Doesn't matter. He he was benched in the West Virginia game. Bailey Hockman came in. He stank. Devin Leary came in. He stank last year. They went back to Hockman. He stank again. They went back to Devin Leary. He was better the second time around. So NC State fans already had this horrible idea of Bailey Hockman in their head. And then going into week one of the season this year, Devin Leary was not going to play because he was missing some time because of the COVID trace and stuff. So Bailey Hockman starts game one, didn't look good, NC State won though. Let's fast forward. No, excuse me, did NC State win that game? Yeah, they did. Uh, Fast forward to week two. This is the Virginia Tech game. NC State comes out. NC State really struggles in the first three quarters, all because of Bailey Hockman. He looked terrible. He gets benched. Devin Leary comes in. The next two games, Devin Leary plays phenomenal and then breaks his leg. So we're back to Bailey Hockman. And so NC State fans are like, I've seen enough of this guy. I can't deal with this guy anymore. But realistically, while he has not been good, outside of that game against Virginia Tech, in the game against Duke, and in the game against UNC... He had a 155.9 QBR and then 139 QBR against Carolina. Finished the game against Carolina, mind you, he was benched for a period of it, and the interception he threw came very early. After that pick, he ended up going 10 for 19 for 200 yards and a touchdown. So he kind of finished on a high note. Kind of finished on a high note. I'm hoping now with two weeks to kind of prepare for this, He's going to be in a better situation going into tonight's game. The guy to worry about on the Miami side of the football, you're going to hear him talked about it all night. He is public enemy number one. It is De'Eric King, the quarterback for the University of Miami. If you're not familiar with De'Eric King, I want you to think back to about three years ago, the University of Houston. They were running the American Athletic Conference because there was a guy running in that backfield by the name of De'Eric King. And then last year, De'Eric King decided to kind of just skip the season and sit out, and he redshirted. This was when Dana Holgerson made the jump from West Virginia and went and took over as the coach in Houston. And the thought was that, like, you know, De'Eric King's going to kind of needlessly use this redshirt. He wasn't injured or anything. It was almost as if Houston was thinking they were going to tank the season and bring De'Eric King back for one more year and make a run. Well, De'Eric King, in the middle of this holdout, essentially, last year, decided that he was going to transfer to Miami. Great move. 
puts you in a great conference, um, gives you an outside shot at maybe making a run to the college football playoffs. And they're kind of in a little bit of a outside position to make the playoffs, 11 in the country right now. Derrick King is a legitimate problem. Um, through the air, he is kind of up and down. He has two games over 300 yards this season, including last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago against Virginia. Nine, or excuse me, yeah, just a, an 11 point win against Virginia. The other one came all the way back in September against Louisville on the road where he threw for 300 yards. Other than that, he has games of less than 150. He has a 260-yard game, a 121-yard game, and a 222-yard game. 11 touchdowns on the seasons to four interceptions. So the passing ability is there. But the passing ability is also not particularly terrifying, if you will, right? He's not a Trevor Lawrence out there. He's not a gunslinger. Miami doesn't really have the wide receivers around him that are going to put the fear of God into you. So defensively, I think this is where this is going to begin to play into NC State's strengths a little bit because while the secondary, the defensive secondary for NC State has been, has been a bit of a problem at times over the years, this year the Wolfpack have had some young players who have developed and are now actually playing quite nicely. Tyler Baker-Williams has been rock solid in the nickel this year. Shaheem Battle was a huge recruit for the Wolfpack, a four-star guy two years ago. Redshirted last year, is now playing as a redshirt freshman. This isn't even going to count as a year of eligibility against him. So Shaheem Battle is now getting experience in year two on campus, but is going to go into next season with four years of eligibility technically remaining. Probably won't opt to use all of them, but you never know. Shaheen Battle has been a rock star opposite of Malik Dunlap, who is a redshirt sophomore this year. Another guy who's getting valuable experience and has been stepping up. Talked at length all season long about Tanner Engel, who's one of the better secondary players I have seen since maybe Josh Jackson, who you saw playing for the Green Bay Packers last night. Tanner Engel has been a stud, and then it's been kind of a a mess at strong safety. I'll be honest about that. There's... That kid, Harris, I think is usually the starter, but it seems like they pull him very quickly for Isaac Duffy every single week. NC State has a better than usual. I'm not even going to say better than average, better than usual for them defensive secondary this year. The reason I bring it up is because I think they can match up and not completely neutralize, but hold their own against Miami's passing game tonight. So this gets us to the Wolfpack front seven. Up front, NC State doesn't really have the guys who you're going to remember. This isn't a year where they have a Bradley Chubb or a Contavious Street or a Manny Lawson or a Willie Young or a Mario Williams, right? NC State, it seems like year after year, has had one of these fearsome guys on the perimeter that in the state of North Carolina or people who watch enough NC State games, you become very familiarized with. Defensive line has always been a strong suit at NC State, even dating before Dave Dorn. Lee McNeil is a nose tackle. He's going to be a monster. He's going to make a mess today. The reason the nose tackle is going to be so important tonight, and they're, they play pretty multiple, but they stay in a 3-4 defense a lot. Man, I really love talking NC State football. I need to be better about this. I need to be better about doing this with other schools. But you know what? I, sue me. I like what I like, and I know what I know. Ali McNeil is going to be the centerpiece of this defense tonight. The reason he's going to be so important is because he's going to be the guy who's going to push Derek King to the outside. He's going to be the guy that goes right up the gut and pushes De'Eric King to flush either to his left or to his right, which is normally a problem. 
That is normally a problem for a defense. Except NC State has linebackers across the top who are faster than any that they have had since Audie Cole was there. Like it has been Stephen Tullock, maybe. There haven't been a better group of linebackers at NC State in quite a long time. Isaiah Moore holding down the middle. Uh, Peyton Wilson, who we talked about a lot going into the Carolina game, already is well over 50 tackles this season. Had 19 tackles by himself in the game against Duke a couple of weeks ago. And then on the outside, Drake Thomas, who's just a sophomore, um, was elevated to the starting job even just after game one. He started the year second on the depth chart. Those three guys are super athletic, and they all tackle. I can't tell you how many years I have watched NC State football, and the frustration is just that nobody outside of the front four or the front three could ever seem to put their hands on somebody and bring them down. These Wolfpack linebackers will do that. These Wolfpack linebackers can do that. But LeVar Fisher, there's a throwback linebacker name. I was trying to think of some other ones. I went straight to Audie Cole and Steven Tullock. LeVar Fisher, that's one from my childhood. He was the man back in the day. But I think Aleem McNeil is going to be so important coming up the gut, and he's been doing this all year where you put two guys on him, he's still going to push him straight back. Aleem McNeil is a guy who will be playing on Sundays. That's going to force De'Eric King to the outside, and De'Eric King this year has, look, this guy is not scared to run. Um, he has had 10 or more rushing yards in all but two games, and in those other two he had eight rushing attempts in both of those games. I said yards, I meant attempts, sorry. He's got two games over 80 yards rushing this season. He's got another one over 60 yards. Only has two rushing touchdowns. But 67 total attempts and 300 yards. And four and a half yards per carry, which isn't too shabby. Isn't too shabby for a quarterback. So long story short... I think the Wolfpack do have a shot in this game. I think the defense is going to, while not make De'Eric King look human, I, you think back a couple of years ago when Lamar Jackson was in his final season at Louisville, and NC State went in there, and they went to Papa John Stadium, and they beat Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson did not hurt them. Because Dave Dorn has usually done a pretty good job scheming around running quarterbacks. It's never really been the weakness. The weakness for NC State has been getting burnt over the top in their secondary. That has been the problem for most of the years since Dorn has arrived. There aren't many opportunities, many moments you can point to and say, wow, yeah, you know, the Lamar Jackson type or Trevor Lawrence using his feet or um, who was that guy two years ago at Virginia? Bryce Perkins. Bryce Perkins wasn't able to do it against NC State. NC State has done a good job of containing running quarterbacks, and I think that is where De'Eric King's going to have to turn to tonight. And I think that's what's going to give NC State an opportunity to stay in this game. It's all going to fall on the shoulders of Hockman. I'm just telling you that I firmly believe this NC State defense tonight, as long as they don't have to spend 45 minutes on the field tonight because the offense won't give them a second to breathe on the sideline, then I think NC State really is going to um, have plenty of ease competing in this game tonight I think they're going to be just fine gonna loop back around uh gonna I'll turn the I'll turn the wolves down there for you I'm sorry <laughs> you, you just had wolves howling in your ear for the last uh, 20 minutes how long have we been doing this already we're gonna loop back around to some NC State stuff today but I want to let you know what we've got coming up um I'm going to talk about Thursday night football only from the standpoint of something that Terry Bradshaw said in pregame Anything you saw in football last night that you thought was crazy, it wasn't as crazy as what Terry Bradshaw said. 
but what he said also has a ton of truth to it. So I'm going to play that for you today, some great audio. Vaughn Casey's going to be joining me for a little bit this afternoon. Going to actually bring Vaughn in in the next segment. We're going to talk some Dallas Cowboys football with him. Vaughn's a big Cowboys fan. He's here. I'm going to let him, you know, get out here and vent a little bit. We're going to kind of do a Cowboys update because I know how many of you there are around here. Uh, we're going to do some Carolina Panthers talk coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Von Casey going to be back in here as well. We'll look at the Panthers. Not a lot to talk about with the Panthers this week. The trade deadline and the inactivity was the better story. If you missed those conversations earlier in the week, hey, you can go back and listen. The Sam Avalis Show is now on iTunes it's, or Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora. You can pull it up on your desktop at work. You can listen to it right on your phone. Um, every show is posted up there every single day. So if if you like listening to me, I do appreciate your support. I would love your support in the podcast. You don't even have to listen. You can just go click the download button. That's still like a boost for me. I still need those numbers. That's the only number that actually really matters at the end of the day. But if you're a Panthers fan, there's more of that conversation earlier in the week on Wednesday and Thursday's show in the podcast. But Carolina Oliveira is going to join me today in studio as well. Again, uh, Von Casey in the next segment and then coming back a little bit later in the show for some NFL whip around talk going into the weekend. Later in the show, Thursday night football. The only thing you needed to know from Thursday night football last night as well as perhaps a little bit more NC State talk, uh, some ECU. ECU, UNC, you guys got your moment in the sun earlier in the week too. So, again, go to the podcast. Please, pretty please. It's out there, the Sam Avalos Show. I was told I need to try to promote that more. I had a, uh, a couple people tell me, you need to talk about your podcast more and drive people there. So, you know, if you miss it, go check it out. I do, as always, really appreciate it. So, with that being said, first break getting out of the way. Von Casey joining me next here in studio, Carolina Oliveras. You're listening to the Sam Avila Show. Happy Friday, everyone, right here on 252 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Sam Avila Show. Friday afternoon rolling on. (laughs) (laughs) A great song we're bumping in with there. Are you a Star Wars fan? I am. What did you think about the... Okay, have you seen any of the new Mandalorian? Did you watch episode one? I haven't. So I, I'm not watching it until it's all over because they do the thing with the Mandalorian where they release an episode a week. Mm-hmm. I'm a binge guy. I yeah. can't I can't do one week at a time. So I'm waiting for. I'm like I've ignored all spoilers so far. I am waiting for every episode to come out. What about the the new movies? Like the new age movies? All Star Wars fans seem to hate them. I loved them because any Star Wars is good Star Wars to me. What were your thoughts? Um, if as long as we're not talking about the original, the prequel, <laughs> yeah. uh, which were just really, really bad. Right. Uh, most of the new ones are okay. They're yeah. serviceable. They're not like, I, I, I'll never get why the people hate them so much. Uh, people just seem like, why are there all these women and black people in my Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so true. Yeah, Family Guy does a great bit on that. Family Guy like did a spoof of all the original Star Wars movies, like yeah. episodes four, five, and six. They did. They and in great. one of them, uh, Lois, if you don't watch Family Guy, she's like the mother in the show. They're doing like this this Star Wars parody where they basically just remake the movies. And at one point, like another woman <laughs> walks into the room and she says like, and I think Peter turns to her and says, like, oh, look, it's the only other woman in the galaxy. <laughs> and Lois just says, 
I don't like her. <laughs> uh, that is a, a Star Wars uh, song that we bumped in there. If you if you miss it, kind of a Star Wars song. It's one of those bad lip reading things. Those are usually really good. <laughs> Von Casey hanging out here with me for a little bit this afternoon on the Sam Avil Show. Von, let's talk some Dallas Cowboys football. I love to remind people, and I love reminding you that mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, when we did our preseason predictions for every team. I had the Dallas Cowboys going 3 and 13. Mm-hmm. Yesterday when you and I were talking, mm-hmm. you said that I may have given them too much credit. Maybe so. You're now saying I should have given them too much credit. I will read this quote to you from Ezekiel Elliott. All right. Um this was from yesterday. This is from John Makata, who is a beat reporter for the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott when asked if the Cowboys might have a chance to win this weekend. They're taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ezekiel Elliott, when a reporter asked if the Cowboys might have a chance to win this week, Zeke's response was, quote, Yeah, I definitely think we have a chance. Not might. We do have a chance at winning this ballgame. I'll correct you with that one. Your thoughts, sir? So, Zeke is not wrong there. There is a chance. He did not say anything about a great chance or a good chance (laughs) or a plausible chance, but... There is always a chance. There is there, always yes. a chance. So he answered that question very smartly to not draw the ire of Cowboys Twitter onto his head. <laughs> but is it likely? Right. Probably not. I so not. so they're a thirteen and a half point favorite going against Pittsburgh this weekend. Um, the Dallas game, is Dallas is a thirteen and a half. Oh, no, excuse me, oh, underdog. Okay. Thirteen and a half point underdog Say, against. So please the, take that. <laughs> oh my god. There is. Uh, there seems like there's still some indecision. This is from. Uh, this is actually just from Wednesday. So this may have changed a little bit, but it sounds like, according to Ian Rappaport, that the Cowboys were originally leaning towards Garrett Gilbert as their starter after what he said, considering all options. But they want to see how Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert handle practice reps. So we're done with Ben, ben DiNucci, excuse me. We are on to the era of Garrett Gilbert and or Cooper Rush. What is what is the feeling around Cowboys Nation right now? It, it is it more this season we got screwed because of Dak's injury, or is it just a massive amount of despair? Because I remind people that they were bad with Dak Prescott. We were not the best team. That Prescott was just a shining light on a team that needed a lot of help, mm-hmm. especially defensively. And an offensive line that, through a lot of circumstances that a lot of people can't you know, predict, was falling apart. Uh, and But the feeling around Cowboy Nation, um, if you've never met a Cowboys fan, I am a Cowboys fan. Everybody's met a Cowboys yeah. fan. You guys are everywhere. You're we a are. cancer and, spreading across the nation. Well, we're a beautiful, beautiful cancer. And You're a cancer that should be in remission. <laughs> Like, why are Cowboys fans growing more and more? You guys haven't won a... a uh... <laughs> you know, it, it, but it was before Bill Clinton was president, the last time that you guys like no, may pass Bill, a divisional playoffs. Bill Clinton was Bill Clinton was president then, <laughs> and we may have passed divisional playoffs. Well, actually, no, because we haven't been to a conference championship in a minute. But <laughs> Bill Clinton was president, 
presence. Not before. Right. He was Okay, here present. we go. Ever, since the last time that the Dallas Cowboys last advanced past the divisional playoffs, mm-hmm. Donald Trump was president for four years, or has been president for four years. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama was president for eight years. Mm-hmm. George, George Bush was president for eight years. And Bill Clinton had been president for five years. Yes. That was the last time that the Dallas Cowboys had advanced past the divisional playoffs. Yet you guys are still everywhere and come at me with the same hope. Year after year. Yeah. But if we're going by that logic, there shouldn't be any Eagles fans until like we a, won couple, a, Super Bowl. a couple of years ago. We won ago. a Super Bowl. There you go. <laughs> until then, there's no, they should have like there should have been no Eagles fans. But this is a Cowboys segment. <laughs> but I love doing a well, Cowboys segment with you every single week because I can the fact that perfectly embodies the angst that builds up in Cowboys fans mm-hmm. is that when I start picking on you, you start saying, Well, you're Eagles and all I gotta do is just say, eh, Super Bowl. It's a bit, you know what I, I don't take that you have one <laughs> that's okay you've been a, a team you since have none 19, they haven't no, won one no, no, since no, you've been alive none, none. <laughs> you'll have one and you've been a team since 1956 that's okay championship city there in Philly you're a Sixers fan well, too first anyway, place but. in the first place in the NFC East Philadelphia Eagles yep facts so do you want to big facts so first place in the NFC East <laughs> yeah. that's that's the prize facts. Now? Fact, man. Disgusting. You ain't first or last. Disgusting. <laughs> oh my. Anyway, for the Cow- for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, where where Cowboys Nation is right now is looking towards the draft, where they should be looking towards the draft and free agency, mm-hmm. uh, because this year is a bust. Nobody's going to hope that Cooper Rush or uh, Garrett Gilbert, who are not the best two available options for a quarterback in the NFL, they can't be. Uh, the, I was shocked that y'all didn't make a trade for like a Fitzpatrick or Sam Darnold. Not, not that that would have done you much good, but even Fitzpatrick in the interim, you could have made a playoff push because anybody can make a playoff push with in the NFC East. Yeah. And yeah, and with a guy like Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. I I think the thing is, uh, I, I don't understand where they're trying to take the team. So that's always been the thing since – since those teams it's, it's been jerry jones mm-hmm. and his massive ego putting his fingerprints all over the dallas cowboys which is why you haven't seen a lot of success since uh the ni- 1997 right um quite frankly if if you're, if you're just looking at this team from the way that they meant to construct it it makes sense but not in this era okay um from the from a defense from a standpoint. defensive standpoint from an offensive standpoint it makes a lot of sense because there aren't a lot of teams that were doing what the Dallas Cowboys were doing in 2014 2015 right. uh, where you're just going to pound the ball and take up you know you're going to have the ball for like 20 29 minutes a game uh, teams weren't doing that and we could do it because we had such a skilled offensive line but right. like Travis Frederick you know going down uh, with his uh, disease and Zach Martin getting hurt you got. Uh, aging Tyron Smith, who's definitely going to get you more penalties than pancakes at a certain, <laughs> at a certain point in his career. Uh, it looks like we're in for an impromptu rebuild. Mm-hmm. And don't know if we have the organizational staff to do that at the moment. So, okay, an impromptu rebuild, so, but but not one of these tear-it-down things. So, no. defensively, I understand what you're saying, because it seems like Dallas, for a long time, really focused on, and they did kind of in free agency this year, where they you know went and acquired a guy like um, Alden Smith, and then you've got uh, what Jalen Smith, is mm-hmm. that, that guy out of LSU, who guys have invested so much money in. Dallas has been really concerned with the front seven, and the secondary has kind of been ignored. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, you guys, uh, you talked about this past year's draft, and you're talking about going back to the draft next year. 
you guys drafted really well in this past year's draft, I would say. Uh, CeeDee Lamb obviously was a home run, but Trayvon Diggs, I think, just was the highest graded out cornerback in all of football this past week. Like, he was an absolute stud kid coming out of Alabama. It seems like they're slowly starting to shift directions towards the defense. You know, in today's day in football, you've got to have a good secondary to really compete. When you talk about the rebuild, question number one, and this is just the debate as old as time, we're having it again and again and again, but it just never goes away, Dak Prescott. Yes. Do you still think legitimately that Dak Prescott is going to be the guy going forward for Dallas? Do you think that is this going to be the thing? Like Jerry Jones didn't want to pay him when he was healthy and playing really well. That's true. Is Jerry Jones going to want to give this guy any kind of long-term contract coming off of this injury? I do not think that Jerry Jones has an option right now. Uh, okay. So like I said, like I've said before, I don't know if g- coming back to the Dallas Cowboys is the best option for Dak Prescott. Do I think he will come back? Probably so. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at his quarterback situation right now, if you're telling me that the most expensive, like the, the most profitable franchise in sports, the Dallas Cowboys, the best that they can find for the quarterback is Gilbert Garris. Is it, Garrett his, Gilbert. Ga- same person. He used to be a backup for the Panthers. He used to a play years in ago. The, yeah. the United States Football League, American Football, whatever, wherever. <laughs> Mr. College, I think it was Mr. Texas Football USA Today, 2008 or something silly like that. Um, if he, him, and Cooper Rush are the best that the Cowboys can really put out there on the field, Cooper Rush should be on the name alone. Like it's Cooper Rush sounds like a guy who wants to play quarterback. He sounds like a guy who wants to play quarterback, but he sounds like somebody down in the depth chart that you should look and say, huh. That's pretty funny. <laughs> he shouldn't be the starter. Uh, but if you're telling me that's the best the Cowboys can put he out on the field. He has three passing attempts in his career, one completion for two yards. Me and Cooper Crush are two yards apart from having the same amount of passing yards right. in the NFL. Uh, so if that's the, the criteria for starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, then you don't have an option other than Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to back up the Brinks truck to his house because, quite frankly, he deserves it. Or do you want to go back to the draft? Like, like that. I guess it's more of a question just to you two personally. Like, I feel like most Cowboys fans would say, "Yes, I would like to re-sign Dak Prescott." Mm-hmm. Medicine has obviously advanced. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is going to be any kind of major setback in his career. Mm-hmm. He's still pretty young. If I was a Cowboys fan, there would be no doubt in my mind that's like, "Yes, we're good. let's let's yeah. go ahead and let's still give this guy all the money he deserves and whatever he wants because I think he'll be fine." But there's no reason why Cowboys fans should think that this was the thing that convinces Jerry Jones that Dak Prescott deserves deserves all the money. And I feel bad for Dak Prescott, and I'm wondering, like, man, are his advisors terrible? What's going on here? Because Dak Prescott could have done exactly what Ezekiel Elliott did, where Zeke held out mm-hmm. and held out and held out and eventually got, what, like $90 million or something like that? Here's the thing. Dak never did that. Dak was like, I'll just be nice to the team. I'm worried Dak's going to do the same thing and start playing for like $12 million a year. I 100% hope that Prescott does not do that. But here's the thing. That's exactly the problem with the, with the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking about um, Cowboys critics. Mm-hmm. Who are usually Cowboys fans? Raise my hand. Yeah, oh, okay, I'm an Eagles usually fan. I'm yeah. talking about <laughs> Cowboys critics that like uh, that will come across and say Dak isn't a team. We need a team guy, right? A guy who's going to play for a team. Well, here's the thing: this is a business uh-huh. at the end of the day. And when somebody's putting out the results that Dak Prescott has put out on a team that was nowhere near where was nowhere near a championship uh, before he got there. Uh, despite the fact Tony Romo had that amazing year, yeah, we can talk about that. But before he, they got there, there's been nowhere near a championship with him there. Yes, they, I mean we're talking about a team that 
a couple of years there legitimately had a shot to be the best team in the NFL. Uh-huh. Um, on paper at the beginning of the year, yeah. yeah not even in the beginning of the year. People <laughs> get teasing. one Super Bowl. <laughs> the Eagles have one Super Bowl. First place in the NFCs, baby. Aren't you? How many wins do you have? Three? I think three. What a year. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the, the three, one. four, and one, baby. That tie. That ever important tie. Oh, my God. Best decision tie. ever to punt against the Washington football team. <laughs> Forcing a tie. So, what I think the Cowboys should focus on here is. Regardless of what Jerry Jones is saying, Jerry Jones should mm-hmm. not be in charge of football operations right now. <laughs> no. We're talking about Dak gets re-signed. That shouldn't be up for argument. In my head, I agree. from a football perspective, that shouldn't be up for argument. You're not going to go back to the well, find a guy in the draft, unless you're willing to make some real aggressive move, which I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones to go up and get a Lawrence or uh, a Justin Fields. Sure, you go up and get Trevor Lawrence, right? Right. Okay, so say we sell the house. We sell. The- you might not have to. I mean, what's the draft pick going to look like for Dallas? Oh, that, we might be one or two. But I'm saying, if you're, even if you're going to do that, we go get Trevor Lawrence, right? What is Trevor Lawrence going to significantly do that Dak Prescott? He's he's not going to have a a line. Mm-hmm. That old line is going to have those same problems. Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw the ball 55, 60 times a game, <laughs> the way Dak Prescott was throwing the ball 45, 50 times a game. Right. It, like that's not going to change anything, even if we we in what I think would be a wasted pick on Trevor Lawrence. Not that Trevor Lawrence won't come into the league and do great things. I'm just thinking for the Cowboys particular, right? It might be a waste. No, you pick. need to resign. When you, you know, Dak Prescott, you already got the quarterback in the room. There's no sense in yeah. making what I mean. You can split hairs one way or the other. What essentially amounts to probably a lateral move yeah. to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, I mean, maybe giving Lawrence too much credit compared to a guy who's been in the league for four or five years and yeah. Dak Prescott. But, you know, the upside could potentially be about the same in yeah, those we weapons can. of that offense. So what are you looking for for the rest of the year? Let's let's narrow in on that because I want to compare yourself to like a New York Jets fan. Mm-hmm. New York Jets, <laughs> New York Jets fan, Dallas Cowboys fans, and Jets fans are the same things. You're just endlessly <laughs> so, hopeless. Okay, okay. endlessly okay. hopeless. The Eagles fans have lost their minds. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles fans have lost. <laughs> <laughs> but from this standpoint, where Jets fans are like, yes, we're losing. That's fine. That's good. We want to lose. This is good for us. We're tanking. We're tanking. We're tanking. Dolphins fans for a couple of years up until this year, it was, hey, we're tanking for Tua. It's fine that we're bad. We need the draft picks. We need the draft picks. As a Dallas fan, Andy Dalton is expected to come back. Um, he dealt some bad luck lately, concussion, and then now he's on the COVID-19 reserve list. Yeah. When Andy Dalton comes back, this is still a football team that has talent on it that can potentially win a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Would you rather just not win any games the rest of the season, win one game the rest of the season, finish with three wins, finish with two, four wins, or are you rooting to see progress elsewhere around the football, even if that comes at the cost of a lesser draft pick on what already just it's a completely wasted and lost season for Dallas? Yeah. Do you want to keep losing, or do you want to see this team compete? So... I think as long as I see, I don't want the young players to get into the mentality that we're going to lose. Right, because there is like, some danger there yeah. to where it's like we're preaching a losing yeah. attitude. I never want Steph, uh, not Stephon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, to uh, feel like he is out there trying to lose. I don't want CD Lambs to get into the mentality of we're trying to lose. Right, like a losing culture. Yeah. That is a thing yeah. that can get stuck to you and it's stinky yeah. for a long time. Ne- I never want that to happen. Um, I think that culture is what got, has been stuck to the Dallas Cowboys because the people who were winning didn't get rewarded for winning. Mm-hmm. And 
when you, when that happens, you start to see a pattern of people who should be winning not get rewarded for the things that they were doing. Right. A la Jason Witten not right. ever having <laughs> right. a Super Bowl ring. Um, so the, the the problem here is I don't I don't want this team to lose. I don't want this team to act like they're going to lose. I just want to see the young players play well um, and give them opportunities to do what they need to do to improve. You're not going to win a lot more games mm-hmm. if we're talking about Cooper Rush possibly being our starting quarterback. <laughs> Even if Andy Dalton comes back, I don't think Andy – I've never thought Andy Dalton was that good of a quarterback. Um, people – I've always thought Ryan Tannehill was – Way better quarterback oh, than yeah. Andy Dalton. Oh, yeah. Andy Dalton and I'm not just saying that this year. If you go back historically, I've always kind of crapped on Andy Dalton. I just thought he was surrounded by pretty good receivers at the time. But I, what I'm looking forward to is what we plan on doing in the draft. Like this year is leading to the draft. Obviously, no matter what way we take this year, if we're like we're going to compete and we end up with six wins or we're going to like – I don't want to say tank, but we're going to compete as hard as we can, but we're probably not going to win a lot of games. It's all going towards what we do in the draft. And there are a couple players in particular that I think could really, really help us on the mm-hmm. defensive side. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Marvin Wilson, the uh-huh. Florida State D-tackle. Yeah. Uh, Monster a early, of a man. Yeah. Very great early pick. Because if you haven't noticed, the Cowboys are not very good at stopping the run nope. or, or the pass or nope. anything. So getting. It got so, worse because Don Terry Poe just got cut for being fat two yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with him, I'm looking at uh, Patrick. I think I believe his name is Patrick Sertain. Okay. Uh, the number two. Another, I love Alabama DBs. Yeah. They're already. They come. Pair them up with Trayvon Diggs. Another guy's big. Mm-hmm. You know, Trayvon Diggs, like. One of those biggest assets. Why I loved him in the draft is he's like six foot two, six foot three. Yeah, that's what cornerbacks look like. Mm-hmm. Like the, it, it's crazy if you look at watch a football game from even just twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. The wide receivers were like six one, six two. Yeah. Now the best wide receivers are six foot five, they're and there's still cornerbacks who are five foot ten, yeah. and that doesn't work. Like you need big corners. It sounds like you want the the whole mindset here. It's like you know the offense is okay. Mm-hmm. Needs a little bulking up on the offensive line, but it was so good a couple of years ago. You know there's going to be some regression and have to build back up. You got the running back, got the quarterback, despite he has a broken ankle. Got all the wide receivers locked up for a while. Mm-hmm. It's just that secondary needs some serious work. If they can just take this as a rebuilding year, because I'm with you. If I was a Cowboy fan – I would be like, let's just go ahead and ship off Andy Dalton. I would be in full tank mode as a Cowboy fan. Mm. Got to compete. Got to try every week. I'd also just fire the ever-living hell out of Mike McCarthy. That's a football move. Won't happen in a Dallas Cowboys team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be like, you know what? I've seen enough. I'm just already sick of you. I, Dallas Cowboy fans have to already – the feeling that you had about Jason Garrett, where it was you would see that guy on the sideline and you would just immediately get enraged. Mm-hmm. You already have that feeling with Mike McCarthy, what, seven games in? Yeah, it's not good. It's not very good. <laughs> Every time you see him, it's like, oh, my God, I hate that he's our coach. <laughs> and so, yeah. Like I said, this this is gonna this is impromptu rebuild. We knew that we were going to have to do some work. We didn't know how we were going to have to do this much work. Right. Awuzie, um, coming back next year, will do a lot of help to that DB core. And like I'm saying, if a team knows that they can do anything they want rushing the ball, mm-hmm. they're not going to take your pass defense seriously at all. <laughs> like that's why I'm not that concerned about. Uh, I want what we need is an actual strong defensive line um, because that DB core 
it can have its soft spots. Every DB core does, but most DB cores are paired with at least some type of pass rush to right. where you're not getting picked apart back there. Like, you hear this term coverage sack a lot. Yeah. Where it's like, it's like, well, no, the D lineman didn't really get there. It was just, you know, no offensive lineman can block a guy for seven seconds yeah. and nobody was open downfield. So that's a sack by the secondary, essentially. Yeah. And uh, that's something that we can't create because usually what we get is like a. a because of how inept our defensive line is, you can't expect these guys to guard some of these receivers for <laughs> eight seconds. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But I think, like I said, take a step back from this year. Mike McCarthy does uh, deserve to be fired this year. Mm-hmm. I do not think he'll be fired this year uh, because that got hurt. Right. Um, he's going to use that as the look, man, we're going to turn around. Yeah, exactly. That, he's got that a built-in excuse on yeah. it. So. He might have another year or two in the chamber, but we'll have to see on that one. <laughs> uh, Dallas versus Pittsburgh. It's going to be a 425 kick coming up this weekend. There are only there's only one other game that you'll be able to watch at four o'clock. And if you're watching it locally, the only place you'll be able to see the Arizona game, Arizona versus Miami, is in the state of Arizona, the southernmost tip of California, Orlando. West Palm Beach, Miami, and Fort Myers. The rest of the country, so like 98% of the country, is going to be forced to watch Steelers versus Cowboys. It is America's game of the week. It is probably the most lopsided game of the week. The television network rule is that if you're like if you're watching on a local station and mm-hmm. it's a blowout, it has to be 18 points, an 18-point blowout before in the second half before a television network is allowed to switch to the second game. Mm-hmm. So how soon Will our local TV affiliates be switching to Dolphins Cardinals? How soon will it be an 18 point lead by the Steelers in the second half? I think before the first quarter's over. <laughs> so the beginning of the second half, we're yeah. switching away we're to the other game. We're probably going to be switching away. <laughs> and that's not a joke either. That's not even a dig at the Cowboys. Look, you, Chase Claypool looks like a monster. Yeah. This Steelers team looks like this Steelers team finds wide receivers mm-hmm. everywhere. They, they, they keep a wide receiver. Like yeah. They're, they're oh, yeah. Keep they're the king of it, man. And whenever you have Juju Smith-Schuster on your team, he's not really the number one option. <laughs> I'm kind of scared to play you with a banged-up DB core. It's pretty and, positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's pretty positive. Know, after you beat what I thought was the best team in, in football, the right. Titans. So Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I don't think it's going to last that long. <laughs> Cowboys, Steelers coming up this weekend. Um, yeah, have fun. I'll be watching the Red Zone channel or try to find a way to watch that. Any, Literally any game other than that one. When we come back, Carolina Alvarez is going to join me in studio. We'll do some NFL picks with her for the week. Vaughn's going to be back in studio after that. More of the Sam Avila show coming up. Carolina Alvarez joining me in studio now here on the Sam Avila Show. Carolina? Sam? Christmas music catch you off guard a little bit? I, it actually did. I was expecting another, like, pop. Well, I guess she's a pop <laughs> sensation, but not this song. But this it's, is a good it's song, It's probably though. the most popular yeah, Christmas song, I was going right? to say, this is a good song. It's fun. Well, I played it because if, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, we're listening to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. And I'm playing it because last night I had a crisis in my house. Where sitting there Thursday night football watching the game, Rachel's sitting on the couch, and she kind of looks to me and she goes, "I've been thinking," 
It's like, oh boy, that's never good. Oh jeez, <laughs> you're so mean. I use that joke on her all the time. She does not like that. Um, but she just goes, "I've been thinking," and I was like, "Okay." And she said, "What would you think about decorating and putting up the Christmas tree the weekend before Thanksgiving Do this it. year?" I started laughing in her face because I am so anti getting to Christmas before I've celebrated Thanksgiving. I'm one of those people. Yeah. You said do it. You are you are ready to be in the Christmas spirit now. You are okay with me playing Christmas you music on do November it. 6th. Yeah, why not? I mean, I'm usually the one that has to wait after Thanksgiving too because like, other than that, it's like too much. Like It's too long to have decorations up, but... This year's just been crazy. Just do it. <laughs> Enjoy it. Like, Can you even get Christmas trees that early? I don't know. Um, probably. Probably Because so. I know at Target, like, they've, you know, they started putting up, like, lights, like, fixtures and, like, little things like that. But I don't know if they actually have the trees up. See, I'm so anti-decorating yeah. early because Thanksgiving, we do this thing where we just blow through Thanksgiving and nobody pays Thanksgiving enough attention. And I guess Thanksgiving probably needs its own decorations and music yeah, and it does. you know it's not like the christmas station starts playing thanksgiving music the day after halloween right yeah. like there is no thanksgiving music i don't know if there's anything other than um I'm trying to think of a song that even has the word thankful in it. Does yeah. <laughs> Does Adam Sandler have a thanksgiving song? Like it feels like he might have one of those wacky no SNL idea. bits. Yeah. No, I am. I do not enjoy people who blow past Christmas, and I, I quickly stomped that out last night. It's not yeah, happening. Okay. It, yeah, but but it's nice to know that you're not on my side. That Sorry. you're on Rachel's side in this. I'm still. On, uh, you should do it. I think she should do it without your permission. Mm-hmm. I think she should. I don't know. If she uh, needs no, help. No, no. See, she would never do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because she needs say. help. Like we've got boxes up in the attic yeah, and stuff. That makes and sense. Do you guys get a real tree? We do a real oh, tree. Okay, so that's every why year. you're okay. Yeah, real I tree got every fake. year. I get to buy my own fake Christmas tree this year. I love putting up the Christmas tree every year. I love taking down the Christmas tree even more every year. Because, you know, we live in like a little duplex still. Mm -hmm. So having a Christmas tree, a live Christmas tree, takes up a lot of space. (laughs) And so I am so excited every single year to throw that thing out back. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Uh, Top five holidays. Go. Top five holidays. Top five holidays. Like my favorite holidays. Your favorite so, holidays. Well, Christmas is number one. Christmas one. That's probably well, pretty know. consensus. Halloween is probably, it's between that. Well, I guess really? we'll do Halloween number two. Yeah, you're a big Halloween I guy. Love or Halloween. gal. What's <laughs> up? Um, uh, so you've got uh, Christmas, you've got Halloween. I'd probably go cr- New Year's. New Year's. Yeah, that's wow. a good one. It's because usually we're in, I won't be in Mexico this year, but those are the best out there. You're and a party then, animal. Yeah, like this I guess. is you're revealing this like you're like boom, Christmas, of course. Then you're like Halloween, let's go crazy. New Year's Eve, let's go crazy. And then July fourth and then <laughs> July Thanksgiving. 4th and Thanksgiving. <laughs> no Cinco de Mayo? Don't start. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I, I knew you were gonna say that. And I was gonna say it just to be funny, but then I was like, no. You're it like, I can't sit betray well. my own yeah. beliefs. <laughs> no, yeah. It doesn't sit well on my tongue, so I, <laughs> I think I would go Christmas, Thanksgiving, and they're real close. Really? Yeah. You're that big of a fan for Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I I love the food, and I love the football, oh, well. and I love a four-day weekend, and that's always a four-day weekend. Yeah, probably push it to five if you really want yeah, to. Not, yeah, I could really <laughs> stretch it out if I really wanted to. Um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go off book here. Memorial Day. Memorial Day weekend, probably one of my yeah. favorite holidays. Um, and I know this isn't like the 
proper reasons to be celebrating Memorial Day. And, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. That's not what I'm trying to do because I understand the reason for the holiday. But Memorial Day weekend is the kickoff of summer every year. It's yeah. like you get that three-day weekend. The weather's finally turned warm. And I'm like, cool. I'm finding a body of water and a cooler full of beer. Yeah. And, like, talk to me after Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, mine usually just it has to do with family. Family. Like, that's where it's like – and we don't – I don't want to say we don't celebrate Memorial Day, but yeah, we no, do I know. things it's, differently. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah, a different culture. And that's not even that. Like we, my mom actually has this. When we used to be younger, and until we got older, but then we become pain in the butts. Used to have to actually do a rosary every day on Memorial. Oh, Day. Oh, really? Yeah, just yeah. to kind of like you know pray and honor right a lot of people. So I know a lot of you are like, "Wow, really?" But it's the I know. Truth. Yeah, yeah, we don't mean it like that. But you know, no, no, be, I know. But yeah. yeah, like she would just. You, I don't know. I think she's always wanted to make sure we had best of both right cultures, yeah. worlds, or you know, because we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving until we were probably. I was probably almost in middle school. When you start to learn what Thanksgiving is actually about, and you see that everybody's eating turkey, and I was like, "Mom, why come we don't have a turkey?" And she's like, "What do you mean a turkey? You know what I mean?" So, <laughs> so what do you, what is the what does the Mexican Thanksgiving look like? We don't. You don't really do it. You we don't, don't really... celebrate Thanksgiving. Right. At least the Mexican Mexican culture just don't. We do now, but mm-hmm. like they didn't even know. So when we started asking questions about like how come we don't have like turkey or this my mom was like i don't know so she says that she had to ask one of the the teachers really what do you do and she was like well this is this these are the traditions so my mom started to pick it up so how old were you i was probably like my first thanksgiving that that i know we probably had was probably like nine or ten nine or ten really wow so my siblings were still well i only had four at that time but they were still younger. Right. But it was, I was probably like 10, maybe even older when we had our first actual Thanksgiving dinner. How stoked were you when you had your first Thanksgiving dinner? Like when you were sitting I there and you were like, what? Yeah. This is awesome. It's like, we're so cool yeah, now. Right. You're, you're like, you're like, Mexico's food is way better, but these white people do it right <laughs> one time a year. This Thanksgiving bleep is cool. I remember when I first tasted mashed potatoes. I used to call it smashed potatoes, but then someone corrected me that it's mashed potatoes. No, 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 no. Okay, well, Everybody may have their own interpretation. This is the interpretation of smashed versus mashed that my mother always told me. So mashed potatoes are the ones that are not necessarily – the creaminess can depend on how you like to make them, but smooth. Smooth all throughout. That's mashed. And then my mom always said if there were smashed potatoes, there were like some chunks of potato in there. And then mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. I remember the first time I had gravy and mashed potatoes. Oh my God. So that's not a thing in Mexico? Like if I went somewhere and like, can I get some mashed potatoes? No, not that I know of. No, no. (laughs) We do papas a whole different style, but definitely not mashed. Wow. But unless my mom, if she does mashed potatoes, usually she puts them in um, like a tortilla and then she fries it. So you have like taquitos, I guess. Is the... Gosh, that sounds good. What is that's the, what we had um, last night actually? Um, the it's like an Italian thing. What are they called? Uh, pierogies. I don't know. Something like that's kind of yeah. the same thing. It's yeah. like a like a mashed potatoes inside of a dumpling. Yeah, okay. basically. Uh, but see, mm, that sounds good. So, what's your favorite? Oh, no. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? And what's the? Because I know you guys have had to like put your own flair on it. Like what is the what is the Mexican influence that has that has infiltrated your Thanksgiving dinner? 
Because you ch- it seems it sounds like it. y'all started trying to do it traditionally. We keep it pretty traditional, to be honest. I know your mom's a hell of a cook, though. Like yeah, I'm sure she she's is. like spice it up somehow. The I don't I, I I don't know because she's very secretive of, of about all her recipes. But let's just say that our turkey tastes a whole lot different than if I went to somebody else's house and had turkey i don't know how to explain it just whatever my mom does to the turkey it still has like like if you were eating a mexican dish Mm. but it's just still a turkey then we also have nopales on the table like cactus oh yeah so she preps those kind of like a salad a slimy salad but it's bomb yeah let me tell you if you have not had cactus before i had never had it until carolina mentioned it to me like two or three years ago you randomly brought it up and i was like okay shoot i gotta get some cactus grill it it's so good it is really so good (laughs) and it's really good for you too it's supposed to like prevent cancer and all that good stuff you know but we love preventing cancer (laughs) (laughs) shout out to cactus no but yeah uh, I'm excited. I think. Um, Sorry for rambling, people. <laughs> I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for us. I grew up and it was. Um, my mom is a child of six, I think, which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot to some people. Doesn't sound like a lot to you. I was like, my mom's one of ten. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But my mom was one of six, and like all of her siblings had like three cut, co- like three nieces yeah. or, or cousins. I guess cousins to me. And so Thanksgiving was always like forty people, fifty people. Yeah. Sometimes it felt like as everybody's gotten older. As much as I miss seeing the extended family, as much there's something to growing up. And just like consolidating and being like, I get to spend Thanksgiving with my people. Yeah. Because you don't get to see them as much yeah. as you used to. You know, when you're living under the same house, you're happy to go to Thanksgiving because, like, sweet, I can get away from my brother. Yeah. But now I'm just like, oh, what's up, bro? It's like, good to see you. Yeah, that's exciting. It's a good time of year. It is. And, like, that's one thing is, like, imagine, like, I mean, like you said, you have a big family. We have a big family, too. We've never done Thanksgiving with any other family. It's just not possible because if you invite one you have to invite the other so we've right. always like stuck to our own homes but i'm with you like i get to go to my parents this year for for the holiday and we see each other all the time right but, you know it's just i'm excited yeah to bring in my own dish oh, i didn't like, think yeah. about that that's so. gonna be cool you're gonna be going as a guest yes. essentially yeah that's exciting we're probably still gonna work our butts off yeah but, you know oh yeah she's gonna excited. put you to work <laughs> I'm so excited. I am too. As long as the weather can change. Like the 70 degree weather needs to kind of go away. Get up out of here Stay because away. it's holiday season. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yesterday I walked out with the jacket and I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. We just got taken back to summer. Right, it's like, I am sweating. This isn't good. <laughs> um, let's get over this. All right. Carolina is here today to do some NFL picks. Are you sure? I thought it was about Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving at first, yes. Thanksgiving, and we came in on a Mariah Carey song, and then we got to talking about Memorial Day. I didn't even finish my favorite holiday list. I'm I think sorry, I, was, I talked no, a lot. No, we got sidetracked. <laughs> it's good. This is, uh, talking is is um, important for radio. I can't even remember. What I, Christmas, I went Christmas, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Memorial Day weekend. Um, I'll probably say July 4th for the same reasons as Memorial Day, because I do mm. the same thing on both. Yeah. And... You know what? Unexpectedly, because I'm not a big Halloween guy. I mean, I enjoy the holiday, but it's I don't go crazy about it. Not a big St. Patrick's Day guy. Oh, I forgot about that one. Hmm. I love Cinco de Mayo, but I'm not going to do that in say my top that. five. I don't know if it's in my top five. It's, it might be number six. Okay. Uh, I think number five for me legitimately might be Valentine's Day. Oh. Because... 
we do Valentine's Day pretty good. Where we'll usually like like the day of it might be like we're not really doing much. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? But it's like we got like a trip out of town planned yeah. for Valentine's Day that weekend yeah, or something. Know. So we try to yeah, you know, All get a, uh, a little. Okay. <laughs> Rachel may or may not be listening today. I'll, I'm sure I will find out when I get home tonight. Um, but, I love how yeah. neither you or I said Easter, which is probably Easter. something that should yeah. be on top of the list. I mean, I guess it yeah. should be, but Easter's not a fun holiday. It's you not. know, what I mean, it's a good holiday, but it's not a fun holiday. Especially after you're like, <laughs> you know, you reach the point where you can't go egg hunting, and you're just yeah, like, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Easter Bunny. It's like there's no Easter Bunny anymore. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, let's get to some NFL picks. So. If you have not been following along all season long, I have Carolina in here every single week. The whole bit is I like to sit up here and gas bag and act like I know football. And so I make my predicts arrogant or my predictions, excuse me, arrogantly. Carolina doesn't really pay attention to football like at all. A little bit more this year since the game started. Mm, but yeah. you get the point. Um less than casual NFL fan. We've been doing picks against the spread every single week, and last week Carolina Oliveras took the lead. You have a half game lead. You are 17 17 and 1 on the season. You are perfectly 500. That tie is going to give you the boost. I am now one game below 500. I am 17 and 18 on the season. I went just 1 and 4. Last week, that was terrible. You went three and two last week. You had a you had a profitable week for people who were tailing your bets. I am excited about this segment because the payoff at the end, and I think people are rooting for you and rooting against me. I actually think it's the opposite. Actually, I don't know. Probably no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think people would like to see you yeah. stick it to me. Uh, the payoff at the end is that the loser. Oh, gosh, it just gives me shivers thinking about it. The loser is going to have to eat a raw onion on air. And I don't mean just like a little onion ring. I mean like, here's an onion, bite into it. Just one bite or like we have to eat the I mean, whole thing? I, I'm going to oh, say you have to eat the whole thing. I so think, bad. okay, we're not going to make it too big of an onion. The winner can decide what kind of onion. Whether it's like a red onion or like a Vidalia or a yellow or a sweet yellow. I feel like we should just do I white. know my onions. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I'm just, we should just do white. Oh, white's the worst. White's got the harshest I taste. Know. Oh, I think we have to eat it like an apple. Okay. You know, like if you're to eat an apple, yeah. like you still got like the core there. Yeah. It's like you have to make an effort. Um, once you throw up, you can stop. I don't think I'm going to make okay. anybody push through okay. throwing up because I think I could make it through two bites into an onion, and then I would get sick. I actually think I can make it a pretty decent way. Yeah, I'm just I don't want to lose. I mean, I, I like wanna... onions, but oof, my breath is going to be kicking the rest of the day after that. And I already know I'm going to lose because you have been just rocking out loud on these picks this week. So I'm going to let you go first uh, today. So reach into the magical hat there. Pull out the first slip of paper. NFL picks against the spread coming up on this Sunday. It says Texans at Jaguars plus seven. Texans at Jaguars. Jaguars are a seven-point underdog at home. Yes, this game will be at one o'clock. Two one-win teams. I'll do Jags plus seven. Jags plus seven. Uh, We're not necessarily sure who the quarterback is going to be in Jacksonville this weekend. 
But regardless of who it is, it's not going to be a downgrade. That means they're going to lose, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. That means sure. they can lose by up to seven points. If they lose by eight points, you lose your pick. Oh. Okay. Well, that's fine. I have a great game. You can change it if you want. No, it's okay. I have uh, the Sunday night game, best game of the weekend, probably. Saints at Buccaneers. Buccaneers minus four and a half. Antonio Brown going to be back this week. Michael Thomas going to be back for the Saints, however. Gosh, this is a tricky game. Tampa Bay did not look too good on Monday night. I'm going to take the Saints here plus four and a half. They already beat them once this season, and um, the Saints really need this game. It's divisional rivalry. I'll take that game to be closer than four and a half. Bears at Titans. Titans minus 6.5. Yeesh. Bears at Titans. I'm trying to find what time this game will be. One o'clock. I'll do Titans minus 6.5. Titans minus 6.5. No problem with that. The Titans are playing good football. They have lost two games in a row, but that just means they're due for a bounce-back game. Running back Derrick Henry already over 775 yards this season. I've got Steelers at Cowboys. Cowboys plus 14. You know, I would normally take the Steelers here, but I was listening to Bart Scott on the Dan Levitard show this morning. And he said that he thinks Vegas is begging you to take these Steelers. He thinks the Cowboys are going to keep it close. And for some reason, that made sense to me. Or at least not keep it close, but be able to keep it within 14. Ben DiNucci going to be benched. Sounds like Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert going to get the start. That's an upgrade. A very slight one. Steelers didn't look incredible last week against the Ravens. Different situation against Dallas, but I think uh, they can cover the 14. Give me Dallas. So I have Broncos at Atlanta. Broncos at Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta four-point favorite. Yeah, I'll do that. Atlanta. Atlanta's good, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they're not. Wait, weren't they the ones that just, like, they've only won one game? They've won two games now. Two games Yeah, I now. think they just won their second last week or the week before. Well, hopefully they can win the third game. Yeah, they beat, uh, oh, they beat the Panthers last week. That's okay. what happened, yeah. Raiders at Chargers. Raiders at Chargers. This game is a pick 'em. I'm going to go with the Chargers. We talked about this game on Thursday with Jamie Heath. Um, the Chargers have lost four straight games in which they at one point were leading by 16 or more points and ended up blowing that lead. Against who? Your Broncos last week. Oh, okay. uh, I can't remember the other teams, but that I hope they don't do it again. So <laughs> I think they're going to bounce back. I got them beating the Raiders. I have a Ravens at Colts. Colts Ravens are Colts plus one point five. So that means if the Colts lose by more than one point five, like I lose. Yeah. If so if the them? Colts were to lose by two, then you would lose it. Yeah. If they lost by one, you would win that bet. Dun dun dun. I'm gonna do Ravens minus one point five. Probably smart. Uh, I don't know why that line is as low as it is, at all. That's that's those kind of lines always scare me because I'm like. Somebody knows something I don't. Vegas is up to something. All right, we've got a couple more picks left. i got Seahawks at Bills. Bills plus three. Talked about this game with Jamie Heath on Thursday. Also, you can go back and listen to that on the Sam Avalos Show podcast. Simple plug there. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks plus or minus three as the favorite. Better quarterback. Same team, better quarterback. I'll take Russell Wilson versus Josh Allen. I have Panthers at Chiefs. Chiefs are minus 10.5. Ooh. It's a big line, but the Chiefs are capable. But are you going to pick against the home team? Christian McCaffrey is going to be back this week. Don't know what that means. (laughs) Um. That's why why we do this game. I love it. (laughs) 
Is he like a quarterback? He's he had a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving last year. He's probably a top five player in the NFL. He's a running back. I'm gonna do Chiefs minus ten point five. <laughs> right. Why not? C Mac be damned. He's not gonna make a difference in this game. Okay. Chiefs minus ten and a half. I I would probably do the same thing. And let's see, last one here. I've got Giants versus Washington. Blech. Washington's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me the Giants. I just don't believe in Washington at all. I'll take, I don't believe in the Giants either, but I'll take the Giants plus two-and-a-half. I don't need to analyze, analyze that game any further because nobody gives a crap about that football game. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina? Sam? You've got Jags plus seven, Titans minus six-and-a-half, Atlanta minus four, Ravens minus one-and-a-half, and Chiefs minus ten-and-a-half. I've got the Saints plus four and a half, Cowboys plus fourteen. I'm gonna regret that one. Chargers pick 'em, Seahawks minus three, Giants plus two and a half. You said to me the other week when we wrapped up that you don't want to be a Broncos fan anymore. Are you narrowing in on a team that maybe you think you slightly care about? Because I know you've got a cousin who's a Cowboys fan. I feel like you want to root against him, but you're also nice, so you might want to root for him. No, I'm okay with not rooting for the Cowboys. Nothing against you Cowboy fans. No, but... you can you can offend them. We don't care about Cowboys fans <laughs> on this show. I don't know. I just like I told you, I know I picked the the Broncos out of a what was it, a Stanley Cup a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was but just a a pick out of a hat. I exactly. have no idea. I feel like the only team that I would actually root for and care about is just because of like how cool their colors are would be the Raiders. The Raiders. It's a good team. Yeah. It's a good team. You get John Gruden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy, John Gruden. What position does John Gruden play? Uh, running back. No, he is the head coach. Oh, just kidding. See, you're a jerk. <laughs> She's Carolina Olivares. Carolina, thank you so much. Have an awesome weekend. Thank you, you too. <laughs> when we come back, Von Casey is going to join me back in studio. We will do Scott Hansen-style whip-around coverage of the NFL. More of the Sam Avalos Show coming up. Welcome back to the Sam Avila Show. Going to get to some NFL stuff in just a second. This segment being brought to you by Toyota of New Bern. Head out to Toyota of New Bern this weekend. Check out the great lineup of new and pre-owned vehicles. I always recommend, highly recommend the Toyota Tacoma. I've been a Tacoma man for going on, gosh, 11, 12 years now. And it still runs like it's brand new. Knock on wood. <laughs> right. But Toyota's run forever. So you can head out there this weekend, but what I'm really going to recommend you do is head out there next Tuesday. Every Tuesday at Toyota of New Bern is Test Drive Tuesday at Toyota. Head on out there, test drive any Toyota vehicle, and get yourself entered in to win a $250 Amazon gift card just in time for the holiday season. I didn't say go buy one. You can. I'm not going to be mad at you. I bet they won't be mad at you either. But you can get yourself entered into a $250 Amazon gift card. That is Toyota of New Bern, proud sponsors of the Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. Von Casey back in studio with me now. As if we uh, you missed it earlier, Von was lamenting the fact that his Cowboys are going to be starting Garrett Gilbert and or Cooper Rush. I'm guessing we'll probably see them both. Probably. This weekend, where like one's going to be so bad, a double threat, a double threat, wow. yeah, Cowboys, wow. double in. threat, double threat, Cooper Rush. <laughs> I can't stand. I can't stand. We won't right talk now. any more Dallas Cowboys. No, We're going to no, breeze no. by them here in this segment. But Vaughn, let's uh, let's just take the rest of the day here, going into the football weekend, and just do a little whip around in the NFL. So on by this week, we've got the Bengals on by. So no Joe Burrow. We have the Cleveland Browns on by. 
We have the L.A. Rams on by, and we have the first place in the NFC East, Philadelphia Eagles, also on by this weekend. What a terrible, terrible title. NFC yeah. East champions. Oh, my God. Almost. With, with five wins. Hey. <laughs> hey, man. Take it. Five is greater than two. <laughs> five is greater than two. It's unfortunate somebody's going to be left out of the, <laughs> of the playoffs this year for the Eagles or the Washington football team. Yeah. Well, let's keep it rolling here. Um, I, we're going to do what we do every week. Where Vaughn, I'm just going to give you a game. We're going to go right in order here, game by game. If it's a game you're interested in, if there's a thought that you have on either one of these teams, shout it out. Let me know. We'll stop the progress. If not, I'm sure some of these games we can just blow right through. So let's get started. Broncos, three and four Broncos, heading to Atlanta to take on the two and six Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I have zero interest in this game. Um, it, <laughs> I can't even pretend to act like I care about what happens in this game. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah. I, I get that it's not a game that's going to be on a lot of people's radars. No. Uh, Atlanta is a four point favorite. The one thing I will say is Drew Locke looked really good in the second half against L.A. last week. Mm -hmm. He sort of engineered that comeback. I was really big on Drew Locke when he was coming out of college, when he was coming out of Mizzou. I said he was going to be like one of the next studs. And I really loved what he said a couple of weeks ago when it was Denver versus Kansas City. And Drew Locke was like eager for the opportunity. He said, I look at this as Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. He's Luke Skywalker. Patrick Mahomes was Darth Vader. And it was... You know, this is going to be a rivalry. This is going to be a matchup for years to come. They fell flat on their face because the Kansas City Chiefs are really good. So I am eager to see Drew Locke, who kind of reminds me of Matt Ryan. He kind of seems like the next coming of Matt Ryan. Okay. But outside of that, um, two teams that have no business, they're not going to be. Not even do they not have any business. They are not even being thought about for the playoffs this year. Falcons are still really good, but Falcons are, the, the wins don't show up. Yeah, yeah. Can't say, but unfortunate. <laughs> Moving on to the next game this weekend, we've got Seahawks versus Bills. The Seahawks going cross country to take on the Bills. We've got was it two six win teams? As how about this? Um, the Buffalo Bills have not made the playoffs since Josh Allen was alive. Oh my God, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a stat. So I'm interested in this game. I think Josh Allen uh, is playing. I think Josh Allen listened to this show. Uh, in the summer and got called a flaming trash can uh, that you wanted to kick off of the side of a... It's been chucked off of a mountaintop. Yeah. Yes. I think he heard that one and was like, all right, well, let's see. I can play I can play a little bit of quarterback. And he he's played he's played really, really well this this year. He's had his Josh Allen moments. But, look, it, if the Buffalo Bills come out as number one in the AFC East, mm-hmm. uh, which looks like it, it, it's pretty likely right now, right. Um, nobody's going to be upset at the way Josh Allen is playing in the seat. Seahawks look like they look like the Seahawks. They look like the, a Russell Wilson led team. Yeah, the Seahawks are world beaters. I love the let Russ cook mantra that yeah. they continue to to drive with. For the Bills' perspective, um, maybe in this game specifically, but it, it does trend against better opponents. And the Seahawks are going to be one of the better teams that they've seen this year. Mm-hmm. The Bills are really good when Josh Allen is really good. When mm-hmm. Josh Allen isn't really good. The Bills look like a bad football team really fast. Yeah. The Seahawks are not that. Russell Wilson can struggle, even though that's very rare, few and far between. Mm-hmm. His worst game this year was against the Cardinals. Over 300 yards and three touchdowns, just had three picks in that game. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks were in it right up until the end, literally past the end. That game went into overtime. So the Seahawks have enough around him to where they can make up for the occasional 
slightly off night that yeah. Russ may have. The Bills, unless Josh Allen's perfect, then they just go completely sideways. I've been enjoying the Josh Allen thing. I'm just waiting for the wheels to fall off. I, I'm with you. I don't think that they're going to fall off this week mm-hmm. in particular. I mean, they're they're facing a tough, really, really tough opponent. But if if it all comes apart at some time and we end up with a Sam Darnold playoff push, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gosh, there's one other thing I was going to add on that. Oh, you, your new love, and a lot of people are having this this infatuation this year, DK Metcalf. Yes. If oh. you haven't watched the Seahawks play yeah. this year and you haven't seen DK Metcalf, this game is worth seeking out because he's quickly solidifying himself as, like, I'm not going to go so far as to say top five yet, but he's a top ten wide he's receiver. He's the clear number one on that team. And the thing about DK Metcalf, I wanted him so bad when he came out of college. I wanted him to come to the Cowboys so badly. Yeah. Uh because I'm big on the huge wide receiver with speed thing, as most people should be. Right. Uh, I think we're a and bit. He's the biggest wide receiver that we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> I think that people were a bit scared off because of a couple of duds that came out. Like uh, people were scared because of a Kelvin Benjamin and um, the way. Uh, what's that guy who went to uh, Jaguars? <sighs> really big guy. He came from West Virginia as well. Oh man, Blackman, um, Blackman. Okay, Justin yeah, Blackman. Blackman. I think people were scared off because those two turned out to be not a lot of anything. So they were like, "And eh, speed and size might not get you everything you need, but man, does DK Metcalf yeah. look like just a world beater?" <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he is somebody who will definitely make you feel bad about yourself. Uh, really, not a ton <laughs> of great matchups this weekend. The next one we've got is Bears Titans. The Titans. Um, have not looked as good as of late. What they started out undefeated, they've lost, I believe, two straight now. Yes, I, I may be wrong. Do you believe in the Tennessee Titans? Do you do you think that this team is actually legit? Because last year when they made that playoff push, it was all on the back of Derrick Henry, and Henry just picked right up where he left off. He already has over 750 yards and eight touchdowns mm-hmm. this season. Ryan Tannehill, I know you've been a big Ryan Tannehill fan for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you've always thought he was a, a pretty good quarterback. And mm-hmm. I say pretty good on purpose. Like, he's pretty good. He's yeah. not a great quarterback, but he's pretty damn good. Very suitable. I Everybody likes to say Mike Vrabel's a great coach. I'm not going to say I disagree with that. There's just nothing when I watch a Titans game that really jumps off the screen outside of Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. And while they may be able to, yes, run over and dominate a team such as the Bears, they can also slip up and lose a game like they did last week to the Bengals. Yeah, uh, I think that's something that you get when you have a team that's built around the running game. Mm -hmm. Running game's not working. All right, now we have to rely on Matt Tannehill's arm, and it's not like the Tennessee Titans are, are like the greatest show on turf or anything right. like that. Like, they're um, as as high as I am on Tannehill. Uh, he has the problem of he played in Miami for so many years, uh, mm-hmm. and I always say that playing on a bad team can uh, affect the quarterback so much if they do it for too long, right? Because they pick up the tendencies that that bad team has. So. Whenever he's in trouble, he remembers his days from being on the Dolphins when everything is collapsing around him. Like So on this team, you could easily dump the ball off to uh, Derrick Henry or mm-hmm. find something more than, uh, than panicking like he would do when he was with the Dolphins. Right. We just don't see that because all of his tendencies built up on a bad team. <laughs> and that's 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 just hold that's holding them back from being right. as good as I think that he could be and that team could be. But this should be a 
relatively easy win. I think the Bears are probably the worst. What are they? Six win team? Uh, they're five and three. The worst five yeah. win team. We've but I think ever. they started off like four and zero oh or five and one something or something like ridiculous. that. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, they are a team that is not that good. If they end up winning this game, I'll I'll eat a live crow. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a live crow. All right, let's go ahead and book it. If the yeah. Chicago Bears win this weekend, uh, we will have a live crow. Break for radio. You're just going to hear squawking and chewing. We have a – well, Carolina and I, we do our picks. Our deal is is that the loser at the end of the season has to eat a raw onion on air. Oh, man. A whole raw onion oh, on air. Man. That's going to be terrible. Whew. Next game we've got is Ravens versus Colts. Colts are a five-win team. They've been better than I thought they would be. Um, sounds like Jonathan Taylor's going to miss some time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Colts are the story here. The story here is more the Baltimore Ravens and that Lamar Jackson is nothing like he was last year. Yeah. Uh, this team, the Ravens are com- a confusing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they look like they're the Ravens, and other times they look like they are trying to run the Ravens offense with Joe Flacco. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, I don't know exactly why they took uh, the pedal off of uh, Lamar Jackson, letting Lamar Jackson play football. He mm-hmm. wasn't somebody who was prone to get hit a lot. Uh, he didn't take those chances with his body when he did get hit. Um, he wasn't like RG3 who was just flying through the air, getting smacked every, <laughs> every time that he would right. hit. Um, yeah. It's a team that, that isn't giving the ball to one of their best weapons a lot i know he like hasn't been used the most mark ingram um right was a guy i took him i think he's been injured for a week or two but even before even before that they were sharing the ball jk dobbins the rookie out of ohio state Mm -hmm. getting a lot of touches uh gus edwards they're trying to make a thing yeah i mean they have the talent i mean you can with, with lamar jackson in the backfield realistically when you come out in that full house set you have lamar jackson gus edwards Mark Ingram and Dobbs back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows where the ball's going? You know, and that should work. It just doesn't seem like this team wants to commit to it, right? And I mean, I'm, I'm obviously being a little hard on Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. because it's not as if they've been bad. I mean, they've only lost two games. Yeah. One of those was to the yeah, Steelers yeah. last week. They've been really good, but when we're talking about a guy who was the league MVP last year and was something we'd never seen before, it's tough to look at. I mean, on the, with his legs, and you always wonder, how much of this are they saving? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we can kind of coast. They might not have seen the Steelers coming for this division the way that the Steelers oh. are right now. Now it looks like the Ravens are going to be battling for a wild card spot, mm-hmm. potentially. I'm sure if they need to turn it on, Lamar Jackson can turn it on. Yeah. Yannick Ngakwe is supposed to play this week after they acquired him two weeks ago from the Minnesota Vikings. That's a very good defense in Baltimore that just got another vicious pass rusher, a guy who had upwards of 12 sacks two years ago. He did, and it's just a scary piece to add to any defense. I can't imagine (laughs) any defense in the league that you could add him to and not be like, oh, (laughs) not be at least a little intimidated. no. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm much more, I'm glad that he went there. Because one of the original rumors I was hearing is he was going to go to the Rams, uh-huh. um, and uh-huh. him and Aaron Donald on the same team would have been terrifying. And I'm glad that's not anywhere near my Cowboys in the right. NFC East. Uh, but yeah, this 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 Ravens team not not a bad year. They're right. obviously uh, six and two. They're destined for a playoff spot, it seems. But they're going to have to not get used to coasting when you have that juggernaut of the Steelers in your division, right? Right. All right, let's move on here. Uh, Panthers at Chiefs. Not a whole lot to say about this. The Panthers, they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. They're in this weird purgatory where it's, 
were trending upwards as a team. Mm-hmm. You like the coaching. You've talked very highly about the coaching and how Matt Rule, as a college coach, has translated very well with his messages in the locker room, what they like to do on the field. Didn't make any moves. They're stuck in a weird spot where winning is good, but winning is also bad. You can mm-hmm. kind of take it or leave it either way uh, because you're either seeing improved success or you're like, well, at the end of the day, the draft class will be bad, uh, a little bit better next year. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in the Kansas City Chiefs, who nobody likes to talk about anymore. They're 7-1. and one. They yeah. stubbed their toe against the Oakland Raiders. But the Chiefs are just sleeping through this regular season. It doesn't even look like they – realize they're playing football games right. sometimes <laughs> like Patrick Mahomes looks like he's having a blast like he he's doing things that you only see that you think are glitches on Madden uh-huh like where it's like cross-body accurate throw right because he doesn't care like right <laughs> not even yeah. in a bad way but in a we're we're destined to go back to where we were uh-huh. they, they seem like this might be the first team that is like a potential dynasty that people aren't up on right. immediately because right. <laughs> when the Seahawks were ready to be a dynasty, people were like, "Man, like it was." I remember how big the Seahawks were. Right. Kansas City's just sitting out there picking teams off left and right, yeah. and they don't look like they have any competition. They don't look like they have any competition. Um, they can do whatever they need to, whether it's Edwards Alaire who gets all sorts of work. A little less now with Le'Veon Bell, who mm-hmm. actually wasn't that good against the Jets last week, but they didn't need him to be. Mm-hmm. I love when. They they do it different, you know. When you look at different um, different sports, and basketball, I think is the best example of this. When you look at how they've changed over the years, basketball went from we only have the two point shot to then we introduced the two the three point shot, and then now everybody just chucks up a ton of threes because the math is three is greater than two. Yes, this is a more valuable shot. In the NFL, over the last 15 years, passing has become more and more prevalent. And then there's the dink and dunks for a while. When you watch Patrick Mahomes. He can be on the opposite 30-yard line, and he's like, I don't need eight plays to get there. I don't need nine plays to get there. I can throw it that far. I'm going to throw it that far. He just does it on a whim whenever he wants. It is horrifying to watch. If if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes making those, like if Matthew Stafford today was making those throws, Matthew Stafford would be on the bench. Yeah, yeah, right. There's not many quarterbacks. That's true. You can't just fling it. you got to fling it and connect on it. Yeah, like there's not many quarterbacks in the league who make that throw without getting sat down. Like he's – that that's a scary team out there, and yeah. nobody's talking about them because we actually want to have a competitive sports conversation right. without you know defaulting to who the Super Bowl champion probably will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Shout out Gil Brandt. <laughs> uh, so the Panthers may be in some trouble this weekend. Lions, Vikings. I got nothing. Me either. Uh, shout out Mike Hughes, MB. No, New yeah, Carolina. there you go. That's Mike it. Hughes. That's like we're rooting for you, Lions, Vikings. Nobody cares. Uh, speaking of nobody cares, Washington versus New York. Giants versus football team. Yeah, the competition for the NFC least is looking like a like a race to the bottom. What uh, would you trade for Dwayne Haskins? They, people were a little shocked that he wasn't moved at the trade deadline. Are you are you willing to give up on Dwayne Haskins? We have a lot of Washington football teams fans in this area. Um, I was saying yesterday that I love that Ron Rivera. The best thing he could have done for this team is come in and say, "I'm not playing with that guy." I'm not coaching with Dwayne Haskins. I do not want Dwayne Haskins. Get him out. We're, I will do Kyle Allen in the meantime. Okay. Um, I just don't think that Dwayne Haskins is the problem on this team. I think this team has so many other problems. Yes. It, it has needed to diagnose since the days of Jason Campbell mm-hmm. uh, that it just has not dealt with at all. Um, I, 
honestly, there's not a lot to say in this team. These are two. These are two teams that took a quarterback. Quarterbacks way too high, uh, in my opinion. Um, Daniel Jones, who looks like one of the worst things that has ever graced an NFL field. Right. <laughs> uh, like I said, when I tweeted it, when he first started, Daniel Jones would be to fumbling as Eli was to picks. And Daniel Jones has proved me right every time he has stepped on a football field. So this honestly isn't going to be the most exciting thing in the world outside of NFC Leafs fans. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just terrible. Texans, Jaguars. Good gosh. Okay, let me let me approach it from this position. Okay. Let me take the Texans. I don't want to talk about this game, and we can keep this brief. Take the Texans, take the Jaguars, take the New York Jets, take the Miami Dolphins. Those four teams. Okay. Jets, Jaguars, um, Texans, Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Of those four teams, ranked in order, who would you ra- what position would you rather be in? Texans, Jags, Dolphins, Jets. Personally, I'm going to say I'd like to be the Dolphins number one. Okay. Because I have all the Texans draft picks for the uh-huh. foreseeable future. I might have a quarterback into a. I've got a good coach I know in Brian Flores, mm-hmm. and we've got a really good defensive secondary. Yes. After that, I'll probably say the Texans because I know I can build around Deshaun Watson. Okay. I will probably say. It's a real toss-up between the Jags and the Jets, and simply because I think the Jets are on a fast track to get a good quarterback next year. I can't believe I'm saying it because the organization is awful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say the Jets and then the Jags. The Jags are just spinning, man. Ever since they made that run to the AFC Championship game. Have not been the same. It's just never, ever been the same. They want to make Minshew a thing, and I love Gardner Minshew and the mustache and the jean shorts, but he's not good. He needs to play some football. I understand (laughs) that people like, uh, personalities, but look, we saw it happen with Tim Tebow. He couldn't throw 15 yards down the field. Uh, so, I mean, for my particular list, you're probably right about the Dolphins. Dolphins are probably in the best position out of all these teams. Um, Tua, probably a quarterback of the future. Tua is just like he has to get on 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 the field and get used to it. I'm not too worried about what Tua will do yeah. in the future. Um, too early to tell. A little, t- yeah. yeah. Uh, too early to tell. Too early. Yeah, yeah, nice. Love yeah. it. Love yeah, it. There we yes. go. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm not putting the Texans second. Yeah. Here, I might go with the Jets second. I'd rather wow. be. It's just the Texans. I would hate. I to get be. it. I mean, I don't think you can make. I think the Dolphins are surefire number one. Yeah. And then after that, it's like ugh. The, the Texans. There, they would be a number two just because of how good Deshaun Watson is, mm-hmm. but. To me, that makes them a number three just because of how good Deshaun Watson is. You're wasting some of his years Mm -hmm. because you decided to trade the best wide receiver in in the league, in my opinion, uh, to a team that look at them now. Like the were the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins is is he's a game four wins for you. Yeah, you know he added probably three or four wins to that team just by his presence alone. He's a game changer, Mm -hmm. and uh, David Johnson, as good as I think David Johnson is, he's not. He's not. Uh, Hasn't been all year. I I would much rather be the Jets right now, uh, simply because there is a way up. There's Mm -hmm. light at the end of the tunnel, but with the Texans, you're stuck in purgatory. Yeah. (laughs) Jags, man. The Jags are just... I'll never understand what happened to that team after they made Ben Roethlisberger throw four or five picks in a championship game. They just they just don't seem like they've done anything. You know, it seems yeah. like they've just traded away anybody good that they've had, 
and they haven't brought in anybody good. I mean, and they have two really nice, really three nice wide receivers in Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, and D.D. Westbrook. Yeah. And they're all going to end up leaving, and they're going to be back to somehow worse than the 1-16 in 16 that they are right now. <laughs> Let's not spend any more time on these bad teams. we got Raiders-Chargers um, coming up this weekend. We love Justin Herbert. I don't yeah. know if we can say enough about Justin Herbert. Uh, we had Jamie Heath on yesterday. He's a Chargers fan. He hates Anthony Lynn. Bigger question here is Derek Carr and the Raiders. They're 4-3 and three right now. This is where they are going to live until Derek Carr moves on to a different team. Yeah, I think that this team is scared to let I – think, I think, honestly, like, I like Derek Carr. I is think Derek Carr Ryan Tannehill? I think he is honestly. I think they're just, just scared. Scared. maybe not quite as mobile, but no, but I just think they're just they won't let him play football the way I mm-hmm. think he can play football, and they're not giving him the the options to do so. Right? Like they brought in, they made that fantastic move for AB mm-hmm. not too long ago, that didn't but, work out, and it just completely imploded <laughs> because of who AB is. Right? But uh, outside of that, this team hasn't made the moves to really, really, really. Just win, baby. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if uh, if they could mimic some of what the Chargers have done, despite the fact the Chargers lose, um, I don't think they'll be losing forever. They have their their future quarterback and right. and Justin Herbert, and they seem committed to giving him tools. Like Keenan Allen has been one of the smartest picks that any team. Uh, I think he's like the. NFL's best kept secret, honestly. Like, if you don't watch him play and you're on the East Coast, you would mm-hmm. never believe how good the guy is. Right. Like, so I think both teams are trending possibly in the right direction, but we'll see how they, we'll see how it ends up going for them. The problem with the Raiders is that they have zero star power. And yeah. they haven't had any star power for a while. They've got a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. I like to call them Jags. Just another guy. Yeah. A bunch of Jags. Just another guy. It's like even Josh Jacobs. He's a really good running back. Mm-hmm. But he's not one of these dynamic do-everything running backs. He's just an old school, put his shoulder down, get you four or five yards, cloud of dust every single time. A bunch of just average players, it turns into an average team. Steelers-Cowboys, we spent 20 minutes on that earlier. We'll just move right past that one. Bloodbath. Dolphins-Cardinals, Kyler Murray is amazing. Yes. Check out Bleacher Report's Gridiron Heights if you have an opportunity because uh, it's basically like a series of one-minute-long videos, and Kyler Murray's a baby in them, like a cartoon baby. The guy looks like a little cartoon baby out there, but nobody can catch him. I always said that. Uh, Russell Wilson, when I watched him when he was at NC State, I always called him the gingerbread man. Mm-hmm. It's like, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. He never yeah. even looked like he was trying. Kyler Murray makes Russell Wilson look slow. Yeah, and <laughs> you just gave him a, a mega target to throw to. Yeah. Not, also with probably the greatest route runner in NFL history who's not named Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> what, else can, what else can you say about how how – genius of a play I, I bet when the cardinals saw that draft trade potential on their on their desk and they were like they all they want is david that's johnson right. and they'll give us and that's it has to be a typo i really right. need if there are hackers <laughs> just i can't uh, advocate for you to do it but i need to see that email exchange we need to see it i need to see we that. need to see it because i have i'm sure there was a question mark that says like really like <laughs> somewhere in there yeah, I mean, the Cardinals are really good. We've been all over this Cardinals team from Jump Street. I mean, two yeah. weeks out in the season, you and I uh, were all over this Cardinals team. It was happy to see. I was happy to see. We were happy to see that they have uh, lived up to it a little bit. Works with the personnel that they have. It does. You know, 
I'm curious to see how Tua does taking on Chandler Jones this week after seeing Aaron Donald last week. Patrick Peterson probably going to be shadowing Devontae Parker, so there goes Tua's top option. Mm-hmm. And their surprise rookie running back who's been so good, Miles Gaskin, is on IR now. So Matt Burita going to be the lead tailback for Miami this weekend. Might be a tough second outing for Mr. Tua. And let's go to the Sunday night game. We'll call it there. Second time we've seen these teams this season. We've got Saints versus Buccaneers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Saints, they have been bad. They're still only 5-2. and two, And Michael Thomas should be back this week. Yeah, and Michael Thomas and the receiver that will change the complexion of a game just simply by being out there. Mm-hmm. doesn't even need to be that active, but you have to commit two people to him right. if you do not want to be lit up. So, but this Buccaneers team has somehow managed to get better. Uh, They put A.B. on the field, and look, it's a Madden-created team. It's ridiculous. If you you were doing a free agency thing and you were adjusting your own rosters and you put Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and uh, Antonio Brown out there at the same time, people would be like, what what are you mean? And Chris Godwin should be back this week also. Godwin's an incredible receiver. Tom Brady's been doing it with Scotty Miller and then some dude the other day, I can't even remember his name. It was like some guy I'd literally never even heard of. He's doing it with next to nothing. You mentioned Michael Thomas. He's been uh, Drew Brees has been doing it with next to nothing. Also, yeah. Running back Alvin Kamara already has fifty five catches through seven games this year. That does not surprise me. The second leading receiver is Emmanuel Sanders, who has missed multiple weeks. He only has twenty six catches. Traquan Smith has twenty five catches. Then there's a bunch of dudes named Deontay Harris and Adam Troutman. Mm-hmm. There's a Troutman out there <laughs> catching passes. Michael Thomas is going to make this team look like the team we thought New Orleans was going to be. He hasn't played a snap of football yet. Yeah, and the the thing is this Buccaneers team is playing for Tom Brady. It looks yeah, like, like they love him. They they're really really excited to have Tom yeah. Brady on their team. Like I think this is the most I've seen a team take to an iconic quarterback uh, from one team since maybe like Montana with the Chiefs. Like they they really like Montana out there. Uh, but yeah, this is one of this is one of those uh, matchups that I'm glad is the marquee matchup, and I'm glad Mike Mike Thomas is back for it mm-hmm. uh, because. I think without him on that field, it's probably a route. Yeah, it, it yeah, it probably probably definitely looks a little different. I'm trying to find the score from the first time that these two teams played. That was Week One, and the Saints actually beat the Buccaneers thirty four to twenty three at the beginning of the year. First time that Tom Brady had seen the field with the Buccaneers, no preseason. So yeah, this is this is going to be the the football game to watch this weekend uh, for sure. Sunday night game going to be incredible. Yeah. The- Buccaneers, Buccaneers team has like the most name recognition of any NFL team in the league right now, just mm-hmm. with the talent that they have. So this should be a good one. Um, you can go quick here. I don't. I'm gonna talk about it on Monday, maybe. Patriots Jets Monday night. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Patriots Jets. Usually, this is one of those games you can turn off at halftime because yeah. you're like, all right, Brady's thrown for his fourth touchdown. Let me right. just go ahead and go to sleep. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, man, look, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets pulled this one. <laughs> ESPN, pulled this one out, man. seriously, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. ESPN paid one billion dollars for the rights for Monday Night Football to get that one game every single week. Mm-hmm. Seems like they get this game, this kind of game, a lot. They do. <laughs> they get, they they get do. this kind of game. They a do. Lot. I don't know uh, 
who made that deal at ESPN by assuming they're not at ESPN. <laughs> the, well, the the I, there's a little bit of an asterisk there because included in that one billion dollar deal was the rights to highlights that they can air on all their shows uh, throughout the week. Not too bad, but though. it's like yeah. man, we got this prime time game and we always get stuck with like Jags, Bengals, or, <laughs> yeah. or Patriots, Jets. Yeah. It's like okay, let's not watch that. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that the Monday night game should be reserved for two teams that whose records are pretty similar. I know mm. you can't make that uh, schedule adjustment uh in the middle of the season or in the middle of the week right i always would like to see like a like two teams that are just going to put on something special since it's the only football you get that day yeah um let's do this real quick let's let's start doing this every single week i'll ask you every friday right now who's winning the super bowl i'm saying kansas city repeating if kansas city and uh the buccaneers end up in the super bowl it would not surprise me but kansas city looks like a world eater yeah they look incredible he is von casey you can check him out at v o n k two five two dot com or at two two, <laughs> two on twitter on twitter on twitter Instagram. at at vonk v o n k two five two on twitter you can check him out there you can also listen to him on the sam avo show podcast which you can find wherever you get your podcast von we'll see you next week sir yes sir more of the sam avo show coming up All right, wrapping up the Sam Avila show here on a Friday afternoon. Coming up tonight on 252 ESPN Radio. Greenville listeners, I don't know what's going on in New Bern, but uh, in Greenville, if you're in that area, from like Vanceboro on, don't ask me why, just know. From like Vanceboro on, if you're heading that direction, or coming from Greenville towards New Bern, you can catch NC State versus Miami. We will have the call for you right here on 252 ESPN Radio, so check that out. Might have a final thought or two on that here in just a second. As always, you can check out the Sam Avila Show podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, it's on Pandora, it's in the Google Play Store, wherever you do podcast stuff. Um, it's a faster way to listen to the show. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to drive you there other than just being like, I hope you like the show. And if you do, go check out the podcast, and, uh, you know, I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. And then you can take me with you everywhere you go. Isn't that what you want? It's like, no, I missed Sam yesterday. I want to listen to him. If there's one person out there other than maybe my mom, and I don't even think she likes to listen to the show, then I will be amazed. (laughs) We had Thursday Night Football last night. And, I mean, I don't know what the storyline you want me to talk about is. Yeah, what, do you want to talk about coronavirus and how it's impacting the NFL? I don't. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers were really injured. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is really good. Yeah. Um, gosh, what else was there that was interesting from that game last night? Oh, the what I found most interesting was the fact that late in the game when Aaron Rodgers was pulled for the final series or the penultimate series for the Packers because the last one was like they had like four seconds. Um, the fact that they did not put Jordan Love into the game. Jordan Love, who... You know, infamously was drafted in the first round by the Green Bay Packers this year. Seemingly, they went ahead and drafted Aaron Rodgers' replacement, and then he's on a three-year contract. So it's like Aaron Rodgers has two more years, and then you would think they would trade him because then Jordan Love. It's like, are you going to let this guy play out the extent of his contract because he would have never seen the field? The whole thing is just confusing and doesn't make sense. Like, right? You've heard the Jordan Love thing in Green Bay. But what made it even more weird last night, and I don't know if Jordan Love is dealing with an injury or what, and I guess that could explain it, and I probably should have looked further into this, but when they had a 
garbage time drive at the end of the game, the Packers did not opt to put first round draft pick rookie Jordan Love into the game. They instead decided to go with a player by the name of Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Now, you may not know the name Tim Boyle, and for good reason. There may be a few fringe ECU fans that recognize the name Tim Boyle. But Tim Boyle was the quarterback for three plays for the Packers last night. Didn't do anything. Just handed the ball off three times. But I was shocked that they put Tim Boyle in the game. And admittedly, I knew nothing about Tim Boyle. So I had to check this guy out. Like, who the hell is Tim Boyle? I've never heard of this cat. Where did he come from? Tim Boyle used to play at Connecticut. So ECU fans, like I said, there may be a couple of you that remember the name Tim Boyle. But you also may not remember the name Tim Boyle because Tim Boyle was awful in college. The fact that this guy is backing up Aaron Rodgers and saw the field in an NFL game last night? Criminal. Listen to the stats for one Tim Boyle in his football career at Connecticut, at UConn. His freshman year was 2013. He played in five games. He was 59 for 133. That's a 44% completion percentage. He had 621 yards. He had zero touchdowns. And he had eight interceptions. A zero to eight touchdown to interception ratio as a freshman, okay? (laughs) His sophomore year, he played nine games. He was 43 for 82 that year, so only attempted 82 passes. It doesn't even sound like this guy was a starter, Sounds like he just came in occasionally. 43 for 82, 335 yards. (laughs) 52.4% completion percentage. So it did climb from the 44 in the previous year. (laughs) 4.1 yards per attempt. He threw his first touchdown that year. One touchdown. But just three interceptions. Or, I guess not just three. Three interceptions is not good if you've only completed 43 passes. Right? That's not very... uh, that's not very good. Way to get better his junior year. I guess this guy came out early because everybody was chomping at the bit to get some Tim Boyle in their life. <laughs> this is a guy who saw action in an NFL game last night, albeit meaningless action, but he saw action over Jordan Love. His junior year, 31 for 60. 51.7% completion percentage. Holy cow, 281 total yards. Derek King might have that in the first half total against NC State tonight. Um, let's see. 3.2 average yards per attempt. Wow, so this guy's really a gunslinger. Zero touchdowns again and two interceptions. For his career, three years at UConn playing quarterback. Three years. Three years, okay? Played in, what's the math? 19 different games. One touchdown, 13 interceptions. One touchdown and 13 interceptions in his college career. And this guy is on an NFL roster backing up Aaron Rodgers and saw the field over first-round draft pick Jordan Love last night. Now, if Jordan Love is healthy, or excuse me, unhealthy, if he's injured and that's what kept him out of the game last night, okay, fine. That still doesn't excuse the fact that Tim Boyle's on an NFL roster, right? Like, I don't care if... You could have stuck anybody back there. Why is Tim Boyle even using a roster spot? How much is Tim Boyle making this year? I need to get to the bottom of this because I'm telling you, if it's over $500,000, I'm going to call an NFL team and I'm going to be like, look, I'm not good. I haven't played quarterback other than like being in my backyard growing up. But I'll tell you what, I bet you, 
I bet you I could give you something better than what old Tim Boyle can give you. And I know that's that's like a it sounds like a facetious thing to say, right? Like we always do that in college. Like for years it was, whoa, can this Alabama team beat the Cleveland Browns? And it's like we said it, but we knew at the end of the day, like, no, come on, we're still talking about pros versus college players. I am not kidding you. Not only am I saying that I could be a better quarterback than Tim Boyle, and I have more of a right to be in the NFL. You listening, you listening. I don't care if you're 70. I don't care if you're eight years old riding in your dad's car right now. You are a better quarterback than what Tim Boyle could or ever could be. So let's look this up. Tim Boyle contract. Are you kidding me? Hang on. This cannot be real. Remember, this is the guy who I told you threw one touchdown pass and 13 interceptions while he was in college at UConn. So it's not even like he's coming from a powerhouse and had somebody playing in front of him, right? Tim Boyle contract. He is on a oh, he is on a three year one one point seven million dollar contract. Tim Boyle has been on the Packers roster for the last two seasons. Oh boy, he's going to be a free agent this year. Can't just wait to see what the market looks like for Tim Boyle. Just the name alone, you do not want a guy named Tim Boyle. The last name Boyle does not need to be quarterbacking your team. Uh, career earnings for Tim Boyle. Let's see here. Credit to Spotrack.com. Most reliable source for this kind of information. I guess 2018 was his only year. Where did he come from? Did he play in like the CFL or something? I don't even want to research because it's not worth looking into Tim Boyle any further. I'm just letting you know that that was incredible. That's not even what I wanted to tell you. I just got distracted and down a wormhole on the Tim Boyle thing. The craziest thing that happened last night was actually pregame. and it, Not that it was crazy. It was just um, true. So you know the story about Aaron Rodgers and his draft day experience where Aaron Rodgers was kind of expected to be, if not the first pick, maybe like the second, third, fourth pick in the NFL draft when he came out. The 49ers famously skipped over him for Alex Smith, and Aaron Rodgers ended up dropping into like the late 20s when he was ultimately picked up by the Green Bay Packers. Listen to Terry Bradshaw here, and I'm sorry the audio is kind of bad because I had to rip it off of my TV. Please don't arrest me, copyright police. Uh, It's only like a short clip. I think that falls under fair use. I don't pay attention to those things. This is Terry Bradshaw talking pregame about Aaron Rodgers' draft day experience and why he thinks, or a reason he thinks, that the 49ers may have skipped over him. Aaron Rodgers is taking this game personally. We saw it. This guy wanted to be a 49er. They passed on him. Maybe it was the frosty tips on the frost tip hair or something. They didn't like that. But they passed on Aaron Rodgers when he came out. The frosted tips. They're saying that the frosted tips that Aaron Rodgers had back in college were a reason that the San Francisco 49ers passed over him. And I know what you may be thinking. You may be saying, yes, that's silly, that's stupid. Why would any team do that? But then I want to ask you, would you draft a quarterback who rocked frosted tips? There are two looks in this world that do not look good on men. Actually, no, I'm going to say three looks. Three looks. Number one is baggy cargo shorts. Don't do it, okay? Like, the, uh, stop. Don't do it. The baggy cargo shorts, don't do it. Like, there are, it's, that's an old, outdated look. It might come back. You're not going to be the one to bring it back. If you got them, stop wearing them. Number two is white sunglasses. If you are somebody who has white sunglasses, I want you to stop, look around. If you're in your vehicle, your glasses are probably there somewhere. 
If you think about it and you're out of your brain and you know you've got a, a pair of white sunglasses at home, this is what I want you to do. I want you to find them. I want you to place them on the ground. I want you to jump as high as you can, and I want you to land on those white sunglasses. White sunglasses are for douchebags and characters on the Jersey Shore. So if you fall into one of those categories, go nuts with your white glasses. <laughs> Otherwise, white sunglasses do not go on men. But number three, and they had a point on the pregame show, frosted tips. If you don't know what frosted tips are, imagine frosted flakes. Now imagine if your hair looked like frosted flakes. That is frosted tips, and it's gelled up and spiked up at the front. Do not rock the frosted tips. So now we have the definitive answer, and I now know why Aaron Rodgers was passed over by the 49ers, and I cannot blame them because I would not want him with his frosted tips on my team either. That's all I got on Thursday Night Football last night. Uh, we got to wrap it up here because I am fresh up out of time. Coming up this weekend, NC State tonight, NC State versus Miami. A uh, couple quick picks here. I think State's going to keep this competitive. We talked about this off the top of the show. Ten and a half point in favor of Miami. I think State can keep it under that, barring maybe a late back to recover by Miami. Um, but I think State is going to be competitive in this game. But don't get your hopes up because the offense is going to be stymied simply because of Bailey Hockman. Not going to be able to do enough, but the defense should be able to hold their own. UNC versus Duke tomorrow eager to watch this we don't have to worry about unc's offense we've talked about that all week how explosive they are number one in the nation in explosive plays and they have the third most 10 or more yard plays the third most 10 or more yard plays in all of college football this year offense is going to be fine but another week without storm duck this should be an opportunity to figure things out for that Carolina defense against a Duke offense that has been a little stagnant so far this year. Chase Bryce is okay, but there's just nothing around him, and he's not good enough to make up the deficit on his own. ECU Tulane tomorrow. Biggest game of the weekend, in my opinion, in our state. Uh, Wake Forest is off on a bye this week. I don't know what's going on with App. Sorry, I just don't pay enough attention. But biggest game of the weekend in our state, I think, is ECU versus Tulane. You got four games left. Two of them are against ranked opponents. You have one win on the season. You have an opportunity to go 2-2 two and two down the stretch, finish the year with three wins. It's not going to be good, but ECU fans will hang their hat on whatever they can at this point. It starts with the game against Tulane tomorrow. you got to see how these guys bounce back. I think ECU's going to win. They're a five-point underdog. I'd like ECU to win this game straight up. I think Mike Houston's going to have them fired up. They're going to bounce back the right way from that loss to Tulsa last weekend. So guys, that's going to do it for us here. As always, subscribe to the podcast wherever you find your podcast. Just search The Sam Avalos Show. You can find it there. Other than that, be safe. I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to say. But it's Friday afternoon, so I don't even care anymore. Guys, enjoy the weekend. See you back here on Monday at 4 o'clock right here on the Sam Avalos Show.